Happy Wednesday, High Desert Word Center. How are we doing tonight? Amen. Blessed, wonderful evening to be in church. Uh, God is doing great things. Who thinks it's a great time to be alive right now? Amen. It's a historical, wonderful time to be alive. And we have been born for such a time as this. And God is going to use you in the last days to do something big for him. Amen. We are available. All right. Well, we've got a couple of quick announcements to uh, go over. So just uh, make sure you get these things down. Uh, this coming Sunday night, this is Labor Day weekend. And so we just decided here a few minutes ago that we're not going to do family night this coming Sunday night uh, because of the we usually don't have service on uh, Labor Day weekend on Sunday nights. So. We'll be here Sunday morning, having a great, wonderful time, partying for Jesus, amen, having the best time of our lives. So Sunday morning, but Sunday night, we're not going to do family night this week. Uh, Now, all you parents and grandparents, the homeschool co-op is starting this coming week, okay? Uh, So this Tuesday, there's a set of stuff going on, and then uh, Wednesday, some stuff going on. Uh, So if you want to sign up your kids for something or get more info, go to hdwc.org slash homeschool, and that's got all the information on there. But we're going to have a really awesome time, and we're reaching our kids for Jesus. And then uh, that brings me to the third announcement, and this is a big one. Uh, Maybe not everybody heard this, but obviously this year we're not able to do our normal massive outreach of Harvest Fest with thousands of people. I just do not see getting approval for that from any higher-ups. But what we are going to do is we are going to have a smaller Harvest Fest for just our own church family so all of our kids don't miss out. Amen? And on top of that, to to even more special, it's just a special year, we're going to have it out at Pastor and Mrs. Pastor's Pleasant View Farm. And uh, we've got plenty of acreage out there, 10 acres. Uh, so it's on private property, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to bless the kids. They're not going to miss out one bit. We're still going to have, you know, some games, bounce house, and, and just a really good time. So be paying attention, parents and grandparents and everybody. We're going to have more information coming out in the weeks ahead. But we are going to go ahead and start collecting some candy really soon because I want all of the Christian church kids to be more blessed than they've ever been before. We don't have to say, well, you don't get Harvest Fest, you don't get candy this year because of COVID. That's not happening. They're going to get more than they've ever got before, and they're going to have a blast uh, this time of year celebrating what we always call the fall harvest. So anyway, awesome news, good stuff. So stay tuned. We're going to be telling you more about that in the coming weeks because that's not too far away. It's going to be Friday night, October 23rd, Friday night. October 23rd. Amen. Who's excited, man, to finish out 2020 on a high note? It's going to be great. All right. Well, tonight for happy time, Mrs. Pastor is going to give us the offering message and it's going to be dynamite, right? Yeah. All right. Very good. Short and sweet for a Wednesday night. Amen. All right. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand and one of our ushers will come by and you can grab uh, an envelope out of the bucket there. For your tithes and your offerings tonight, I want to uh, use Luke six. I mean Luke four, eighteen. Luke four, eighteen, and I'm in the King James tonight. Jesus said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor." What does gospel mean? Good news. What's good news to a poor person? 
You don't have to be poor anymore. You know, for a long time, uh, back in the whatever days, centuries ago, the, the ministers would take this or the priests would take this uh, uh, vow of poverty. They vowed to be poor. Well, that wasn't God's will for them to be poor, right? It's not God's will for you to be poor. And God has his own financial system that he set up, and it's called tithes and offerings. And so we need to avail ourselves of God's financial plan. We need to be tithers. That means to bring 10% of your gross income into the storehouse. And on top of that, we need to give offerings into special things. Or you can give offerings to other ministries and things like that. So anyway, praise the Lord. This is good news, right? We don't have to be poor. Now, then I'm thinking too about uh, Psalms 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He doesn't want us wanting for anything, right? He wants to fulfill all of our needs. And he even blesses us with the desires of our heart. That's how good God is. Amen. Let's say our financial faith confession. You can bring your tithes and offerings up here. And then we will go into praise and worship, okay? As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who can prepare with thunder and lose us breathless? In awe and wonder, the King of glory.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of God, the presence of God, with God's people, get ready to hear the word of God that's going to help our lives and get better and better and better and better. But give somebody a big smile and give them an air elbow. <laughs> now, listen, with, the, with this stuff lifted and it's done, don't go around elbowing anybody, okay? Don't give the elbow because you'll be closer than you might hurt them. But you get back to hugs and handshakes down the road, but not right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you what, I am so glad to know that I'm born again, that eternal life's real, that I don't just know about God, but God actually lives in me. My body and your body, if you're born again, is a temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in you. And so, you know, I just think about, you know, so many times people run around looking for a feeling and, you know, just wishing that they could know that God heard them. You don't have to talk very loud. He lives inside of you. You can whisper. He's there. And he's not a feeling. He's a real person, but he's God. Oh, well, that, that was free. I just kind of think it out loud as I'm, as I'm looking at things. and think with all the chaos, chaos and the crisis in the world today, I'm glad to know that Jesus told me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in Isaiah, he said, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows how things are going to turn out before you even knew they happened. You, open up your Bibles to John chapter 14. We'll get, we'll get to where we're going. The message tonight is don't just memorize scriptures, meditate in the word. But uh, to continue with that thought, that's nothing I got have written down, but I'm just thinking about in Isaiah, I think chapter 45, 46, some of those places there. He talks about his God. He said there's none else. He said there's any other God. He said, I've never heard of him. And he's God. He knows everything, made everything. But anyway, in Isaiah, when he said, I know the ending from the beginning. I was looking at that verse years and years ago. I was in Indianapolis for a lot of years. I, matter of fact, I drove trucks in downtown Indianapolis in that area for 28 years. And uh, it, anyway, I knew that area well. And Indianapolis... We always heard in Indianapolis, the home of the 500, the greatest spectacle in racing, the oldest race in the world, the Indianapolis 500. We heard that all the time. And one year around May, because in Indianapolis back in May, all of a sudden all the restaurants have those black and white checkered flags all over them. All the stores have checkered flags all over them. All the billboards have checkered flags and race cars on them. Everybody talks about the, the Indy 500 special. They got deals going on. But anyway, one year when I looked at that verse, the Lord said, I already know who won the race. <laughs> I said, you do? He said, matter of fact, he said, I know who won the World Series this year. He said, I know who won the Super Bowl next year. He said, because I know how it ended before it started. And then he said, I know your life. He said, I know where you're going. He said, I know how you're ending right now, and you barely got started. And so I think about us, what that tells me is this. COVID-15, or any kind of goofy attack from the devil, never caught God off guard. Amen. And he told us as believers what we could do to end how he wants us to. So many verses he gave us. He said with long life, he wants to satisfy us. 
This is Psalms 91, 16. With long life, he said, will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. And salvation means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. But the qualification, you know, being the 500-mile race, they got to qualify. The 33 people that get the fastest speeds for qualification, they get to be in the race. There may have been 100, 200 people trying to qualify, but they weren't fast enough, so they didn't make the race. Well, in Psalms 91, verse 16, because some people think, well, how could you say that God, that's God's will for everybody with long life will I satisfy you? It's God's will for everybody, but then verse 1 tells you how to qualify. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then, and then verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my whatever it is you want Him to be. And so if you're not a person that chooses to be serious about Jesus and the things of God, <clears throat> you don't qualify for the long life. Doesn't mean he doesn't want you to have it, but he says there's a, there, he says there's a stipulation. You must choose to live in the secret place of the Most High. And you remember, this isn't my message. I'm just talking right now because it's coming out. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your prayer closet. That's that secret place. And he says, when you pray in secret, your father hears you in secret, and he will reward you openly. And so that open reward means manifested prayer. That means what you're praying in secret is what God's listening to in secret. And then God says, when you've got the right heart, and you're having fellowship with him, and dwell in that secret place, he said, with long life, will I satisfy you? And so I already know from my life how it turned it out. Uh, two years ago, uh, blood cancer didn't get me because I live in the secret place. Heart attack didn't get me because I live in the secret place. And I think about David. David said, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. Who's this uncircumcised giant think he is? And so I want to say this. God's word in me has killed cancer. It's killed heart disease. So what chance does a COVID-15 have in my life? Or 19, whatever the number is. You know, what I'm saying for you, what do you say of the Lord? Have you ever killed any giants in your life trying to take your life? So why would you be afraid about these things? We respect what we're supposed to do. We wash our hands. We wear a mask. We don't want to hang around a bunch of people that's snotting and coughing and throwing up in our face. You know, you avoid those things. But I know this, what I've learned, if something slips through my line of defense, the blood of Jesus will knock it out. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. And so, did you notice I quoted a few verses there? Well, what, that's what this is about tonight. Don't just memorize scriptures, meditate in the Word. Several times lately, while talking to other believers, they've asked me, said, how do you quote so many verses like that? I wish I could memorize the Bible. And, you know, when, when, I, when I quote the Bible, I quote chapter verse 2. But they say, how do you do that? I wish I could memorize. And I always say something like this. I don't memorize the Bible. I meditate the Word of God. I meditate the Word of God. 
Now, I do memorize things. I write scriptures down on cards and I memorize things. I learn verses. But the way that the Bible gets in my heart and in my mouth is meditated in the Word of God. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, the other day, I was talking to a professional lady. And she was talking just, she just started the conversation. Just started talking fear. You're going to get this vaccine. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And so I said, well, I'm going to look to the Word of God. When it comes to vaccine, I just never thought about it. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the vaccine unless God tells me not to. Well, how are you going to know what to do? I said, well, I'm a Christian. And Romans 8, 14 says, as men as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I said, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They know not the voice of a stranger. They flee from the stranger. So I said, I'm not thinking about the vaccine one, th- one way or another. I said, I just know it's going to be a good thing unless God tells me no. Amen? And so anyway, I, as I talked to this lady, I quoted a few verses. She says, why, do you know a lot of the Bible? Well, as a matter of fact, she said, well, do you know all the Bible? I said, no, I don't know all the Bible. Well, do you know a lot of it? I said, well, I do know a lot of verses. She said, how did you memorize those? I said, I didn't. I said, and we're going to look at this verse a minute, John 14, 26 a minute. But I said, I put the Word of God in my heart through meditating the Word of God. And then when I need scriptures, like talking to you, I don't think about my head. My spirit takes over. They come out of my spirit. Because I put them in my spirit. And so anyway, to help a lot of Christians that are fighting this thing and trying to memorize, put something in your brain. i tell you what, your brain, you're going to have to get a hold of this. Your brain's part of the part of the physical realm. Amen. And a lot of times when people get old, their brains start getting messed up. But your spirit, according to Psalms 103, verse 5, your spirit, your youth and your spirit is renewed like the eagles. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, says that though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. And so our spirit is always going to be young. Our head may start getting messed up as we get older. I'm not claiming that, not believing for it. But I know this, I've got just as many scriptures of my spirit as I've ever put in there. And it amazes me what comes out of my spirit because I put in there. And then somebody will say, well, how do you remember that? And I said, I didn't remember that at all. That's in my spirit that came out of my spirit. And so I was thinking as we were worshiping God a minute to go about my spiritual life. When I, when I met Jesus back in January of 1980, that's been 40 and a half years ago. When I found out Jesus Christ was real, and I received Him as my as my Savior, confessed Him as my Lord, I found out that the primary way that Jesus talks to me is through His Word. So I fell in love with His Word. And, 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 and then the Lord led me to a Word of Faith church like our church, and my pastor taught me the value of the Word. I listened to people like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin frequently, Charles Capps, a lot, a lot of the fathers of faith, a lot of them in heaven now, but they taught me the value of the Word and to meditate on the Word of God. And so as a foundation, I was establishing the fact that I knew a lot of Christians that loved Jesus, but they were losing every day. Because they didn't know anything about the Bible. They could probably spell Bible. And they could probably look at the table of contents if they wanted to try to find something. But you ask them Bible scriptures. You know, this church here, we've done a test a lot of times. We've talked about healing a lot of times from people who've been in this church for years. And sometimes I'd say, all right, somebody tell me your favorite healing verse. 
And sad to say, but in church like this, a lot of times people couldn't even tell me one verse. They'd say, well, I think the Bible says, well, I think the Bible says it's not going to give you victory. Because I know that when I first got born again, I went to a church that wasn't a word church. We call these churches word churches. It was a nice, it was a nice Pentecostal type church back in Indianapolis. And a lot of things they told me the Bible says, well, as I begin to search the Bible out, and I got a concordance, I come to find out a lot of things they said the Bible said the Bible didn't say. They said the Bible says. And so then I got the Word of Faith Church. My pastor did what I was taught to do, what I teach you to do all the time. I say, everybody, open up your Bible and look at this. And then I would always write down in my notes, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. And, you know, I'm not going there, but I'm just saying that's what I would say. That's a, that's a really great healing passage. I would say, 1 Peter 2.24. And then when my pastor taught those verses, when I went home, I would study those verses. I'll show you how to meditate in a little bit. And I began to look at those verses and learn those. But I didn't just stop there. I got a hunger for the Word of God. Does anybody, you know, I, I think about how time flies. We probably got... Enough young people here that don't remember the Lay's potato chip commercial. How many remember the Lay's potato chip commercial? Bet you can't eat just one. You know, it's got that salt in there, makes you, makes you want more and more and more and more. And that's why it's not, a, if, if you're watching your weight and your health, it's not a smart thing to sit down and watch TV if a big bag of Lay's potato chips are left. You know, if you want some potato chips, just get a handful and put them in a little bowl or something like that. You can't eat just one. Well, that's the same thing with the Word of God. When you, Get the revelation in your heart and you're a serious Christian. You're not going to be satisfied with coming to a church service, hearing a man preach or a woman preach, and think, well, good, I got fed this week. You probably barely had a snack. You're going to get, you get fed here. You're really going to get fed, though, when you do what we're going to look at in the Bible in just a minute. Amen? And so in John chapter 14, I want to look at verse 16 and verse 17. And Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter. Now the word comforter comes from the Greek word paraclete, and that means one called alongside to help our helper. Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you a helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now look at this. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Well, they walk by sight and not by faith. We don't see him, but we receive him because we don't have to see him. Because Jesus told us he's ours. Amen? He said the world can't receive him because the world says that we've got to see it. If I see it, I'll believe it. Well, Jesus said, the way faith works, you believe it, then you get to see it. Amen? It says, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But look at this. You know him, he dwelleth with you, and he shall be where? In you. So he told the disciples, said, the Holy Spirit is with you. But what he was saying is, when I die and I'm raised from the dead and you receive me as your Savior and eternal life, said the Holy Spirit's going to move from the outside to the inside. Amen. Amen. So he said, the Holy Spirit's with you, but he's going to be in you. Glory to God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Say this. Say, the Holy Spirit's not just with me. He's in me. Amen. That's why Paul said that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's in us. 
Maybe you don't just still quote verses. Think about 2 Timothy 1.7. Somebody else the other day talked to me how scared they were. Said, aren't you afraid about, about, about getting this thing? I said, no. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God's not give me the spirit of fear. But of what? Power. Amen. Well, that's in life. Acts 1.8 said, you'll see the Holy Ghost had power. So I've got the power of God in me. Amen. And so I'm not afraid I don't have the spirit of fear. It's one thing when fear knocks on the door. It's another thing when you answer, let it in. Amen. There's lots of things in life that have tried to make me afraid. And things try to make me afraid today. I just say, fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. You're a spirit. Second Timothy 1.7 says you are. You're the spirit of fear. You don't belong to me. And James 4, 7 says, resist you and you'll flee from me. So get out of here, fear, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And so the Holy Spirit shall be in you. Now look at verse 26. <clears throat> and this, this is what I want you to see as we get into the meat of what we want to look at. Verse 26 says this. But the comforter, there's the comforter again. Paraclete means one called alongside to help, which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now look at this. And bring all things to your remembrance. Baseball scores, how to win at cards, uh, what your favorite movie is. No. He'll bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He said, whatsoever I've said unto you, Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance. Now... I talked about the fact that memorization is of the memory. Memory is part of your physical body, but also your mind, your, 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 your mind's connected with your soul. And so memorization is a solical thing of the mind. But meditation is of the spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Jesus, in John 6, 63, said the words that he speaks, they are spirit. And they are truth. Isn't that amazing how that word keeps coming out? You know why? The Holy Ghost is bringing to my remembrance things Jesus has told me, and I follow them away in my spirit. They're in my spirit, so they come out of my spirit. He's bringing to my remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Now, I learned something as I matured in the Lord. When I was a new Christian... I came from a heathen family. We wasn't church people, so I didn't have any much Sunday school at all. Me, I went to the Baptist church with my grandma's son. But it wasn't enough to really count for anything to learn any Bible much. It was a great, great, great Baptist church. I still thank God all the time for that man that was my Baptist Sunday school teacher. He was a great man. Amen. And so anyway, I didn't learn a whole lot of verses there because I wasn't in church long enough to learn it. And so when I got born again, now listen, this is probably going to help some of you. Because I didn't know anything... Pretty much for the first several months of my Christian life, if I had questions, all I had to do was open my Bible, and there's a verse. I open my Bible, there's a verse. He couldn't bring to my remembrance any verses, because I hadn't been around long enough with him to learn any verses. And so he had mercy on me, and showed me a lot of things I had no idea they were in the Bible, because I didn't know the Bible. But, just like your children, as you're raising your children... There ought to come a point in time, by the time that kid's 10 years old, you ought to take those pampers off of him. Amen. You ought to be able to take that bottle and pacifier out of his mouth if he's 10 or 12 years old. He ought to grow a little bit. 
And so same thing with us as Christians. There'll come a point in time as a Christian, you get weaned off this stuff and say, well, God, give me an answer. And Judas went to hug himself. <laughs> what am I going to do? No. There comes a point in time where you're praying and you've done what we're going to be talking about and I meditate the Word of God. You say what I say. I say, Holy Spirit, do I have any verses in me on that subject? And the Holy Spirit brings them out because He reminds me what I've learned. You can't be reminded of something you don't know. You know, I, I think about Doug. You know, if, if Doug and I were having a conversation back week, last week, and I was asking him a question about a car, and he told me something about a car he had like my car, problem I had, what he did to fix it, well, he's already told me that, but it kind of slipped. I say, Doug, remind me again. What did you tell me about that? Well, he can remind me, and all he has to do is just probably say a couple words. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, I remember exactly what you told me because he reminded me. Well, that's what the Holy Ghost is talking about. He said, I will remind you what Jesus has told you. So what I found out over the years, at least 40 and a half years I've served the Lord, is this. He doesn't just remind me of Bible verses I have in my heart, but reminds me of prophecies that were prophesied over me 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Things he spoke to me about my life and ministry, because that's Jesus talking to me. Jesus talks to me through prophecy. He talks to me through the Word of God. And there will be times, there will be times when we're going through something, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will remind me, of a vision I had years ago. He reminded me of a prophecy I had, either him talking to me through my journal when I write, or something a preacher called me out and prophesied over me. But he brings these things to my remembrance. And so I want to get now to, to, to some more of this. Look at Psalms chapter 119, verse 11. I want to say this again. Memorization is of the soul. Meditation is of the spirit. And... Uh, you know, if you don't know much about spirit, soul, and body, we have books in the bookstore, which we can't sell you right now because it's against the law to sell books because we touched them. But when it's not against the law anymore, you can buy some books, and they'll help you spirit, soul, and body. Or you can go online. We had a lot of sermons on spirit, soul, and body help you understand that better. The Psalms chapter 119, verse 11. And we'll look at more how this works, what we're talking about how to meditate the Word of God, says this, David said, Thy word have I hid where? In my heart. Not in my head. Your head can lead you astray. Your head can forget things. He said, I hid thy word in my heart. Why did David hide God's word in his heart? That I might not sin against thee. And I want to say this, if you're taking notes, write this, write, write, write this simple phrase down. Sin is a blessing blocker. Sin is a blessing blocker. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you more than you want to pay. Sin is a blessing blocker. So David said, one thing I've learned to do, said, I've hid your word in my heart. Why? So I won't sin against you. And so God's word in your heart, spoken out of your mouth, and followed up with action, acting on the word of God, James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. 
acting on the word is the only sure safeguard to help you say no to sin and yes to God. I want to say that again. God's word hidden in your heart, spoken out of your mouth, followed through with action, followed through with action. You don't just have the word and talk about it, you got to do the word. But you follow through with action, that's the only safeguard that the Bible teaches you will help you say no to sin and follow through. Amen? And so he said, I've hid your word in my heart. Well, how did David hide God's word in his heart? Look at verse 15 and verse 16. I will, what's that word? Meditate. That's what we're talking about. I will meditate meditate in thy precepts, have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. I will not forget thy word. But to all of you that say, I just can't remember scriptures. I forget them. Well, start doing what David said. We're going to look at how to do that. I will meditate in thy precepts. That's the word. Have respect unto thy ways. And when I saw that have respect unto thy ways, I saw a little number in my Bible by that. I looked at my center column. My center column uh, tells what it means in Hebrew and and different things, and if you got a new living translation or modern one, yours probably says this anyway. But it says uh, the word meditate, and then have respect to thy ways. These two things are saying the same thing. Have respect to thy ways says that means to contemplate. To contemplate, he said, I'll meditate in thy precepts and contemplate in thy ways. I looked at the word contemplate, and that means meditate. And so the way that David hid the word of God in his heart is he meditated in the word, and we're going to define that in just a minute. Meditated in the word, and he contemplated it. Have you ever in life had a decision you were getting ready to make? Say, I got to contemplate that. I got to think about that. Well, if you're going to meditate in the word of God, you're going to contemplate on what to do. You're going to contemplate in God's ways. Then you're going to stop and think about it. You're going to analyze and think, well, the Bible says, I'm going broke right now, but I know I have seen in the Word of God, I bring a tithe into the storehouse. I start paying my tithes to God. Then God's Word says in Malachi chapter 3, that it opened the windows of heaven and blessed me. God's Word says, He'll rebuke the devourer for my sake. And I know there's no reason why all these attacks should be coming against me financially. That has to be the devourer. And I'm contemplating. The word of God says, he rebukes the devourer if I tithe. And so then you begin looking at Malachi chapter 3 and reading all that and studying it out and talking about it. You know what you do? You start to meditate in it. You start to contemplate on it. And you know what's happening? That word is moving from somebody preaching it to Psalms 119, 119 verse 11 to getting hidden in your heart. The words start to get hidden in your heart. And I was thinking about something else. This must be my Indianapolis day. As we were worshiping God, I was thinking about what I was going to teach on tonight, about the word taking root in us as we meditate the word of God. And I remember when I used to be a truck driver back in Indianapolis, back in the, I might be a little older than some of you. I was, I had the downtown route back in the 70s, so I guess that's been a few years. But I remember Indianapolis wanted to start getting modern 
So they started bulldozing lots of downtown Indianapolis down and tearing buildings down, places I went to in trucks and delivered, places I shopped at when I was a kid. And when they put those buildings down to build the Indianapolis skyscrapers, man, it amazed me what I watched them do over the next several months and then into years as they more and more expanded. When they tore those buildings down and flattened it, they didn't just build a building up. I saw them break big equipment in downtown Indianapolis. They dug down two or three stories under the ground before they went up with it. I saw them go down two or three stories down. They had these great big things go way down in the middle of Indianapolis downtown. And then I saw them break steel in. They started putting concrete and steel way down two or three stories under the ground for those, before those things went up 50 stories. And so we get to see the finished product. And, you know, lots of times when we're watching the news out here, we'll see something on the news about Indianapolis. We'll see those buildings. I think, man, that's where the J.C. Wiggins store was. Or that's where Vodica's, Vodica's Industrial Park was right there. It was a little old one-story building. Now look at that thing, how big it is. But I know what I'm seeing up there isn't just up there. There's almost as much down there as there is up there. And that's like a Christian. You see a strong Christian... And you say things like, wow, pastor, did you memorize all those verses? Well, you're seeing a little bit. There's a whole lot more down here that you're not seeing these big roots I got. These roots have went down for years meditating in God's word. And so now you see it. When I rebuke the devil, I know he flees. While they had somebody got a serious illness, I know healing's there. When I know I got a great financial need, I know the harvest is coming because I've got the seed sown. Because his words in my heart, I got a big, big, big root system. Because of how I meditate the word of God. And that's what happens when you do that. Can you understand what I'm saying? And so when you see a strong Christian, <clears throat> chances are a lot of times, they don't do a lot of talking if you're around them. Not a whole lot of talking going on. But when they talk, mountains move. Amen. Amen. So anyway, uh, God's word gets hidden in your heart as you do what David said. He meditates and he contemplates the Word of God. Now I want you to look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And last month is in the book of Joshua, and Pastor Dave's been giving us some nuggets out of Joshua on Sunday mornings, and I believe he's going to continue on that this week. But Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And we're talking about how you can become, if you will, a, 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 a smaller version of a walking Bible. You know, nobody knows the whole Bible but God. But verses that are important to you for your family, for your future, for your success, for your health, for your prosperity. As you begin to meditate in these verses on those different areas of life, They'll come out of you when you need them most. And so Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And Joshua is just getting ready to take over the leadership of Israel because Moses just died and the reins were passed to Joshua. And then God's given him instructions and directions about how to succeed as a spiritual leader of those millions of people. God said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And what the center column says is that, says the word of God shall constantly be in your mouth. So if the word of God's not going to part out of your mouth, that means your mouth's going to stay full of the word. You know, King James sometimes 
Because the way it says things, you think, man, what does he mean? Shall not depart out of my mouth? I thought it was supposed to. He said, your heart's supposed to say so full of the word, it's always coming out of your mouth. And so in other words, if you quit talking the word and start talking the problem, you're getting ready to take a nosedive. Amen. You know, I think about uh, you know, some of these different nuggets Pastor Dave throws out. What you thought the other day, something about what fools talk about, then what successful people... Successful people talk the answer, fools talk the problem. Amen. God's word is God's answer. And God told Joshua, said, my word shall not depart out of your mouth. If you see your word level getting low where you're talking more about what you see on the news, it's a time real quick. Take the batteries out of your remote, unplug the TV or something, man, and get to the prayer closet of your Bible open. Amen. I've done those things. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do. You meditate, you see it, you do it, or according to all that is written therein, for then thou, thou shall make thy way prosperous, and then thou shall have good success. I remember when I was a young Christian, and I saw that verse, and I began to meditate on that verse, and he said, Thou shalt make the way prosperous. I thought, wait a minute. God, I thought you were supposed to make my way prosperous. God and his word are one. When God's word becomes so much a part of your heart, your thinking, and your speaking, it is God, but he's doing it through his word that's in your heart and your speaking. He said that you will make your own way prosperous. But it's not you like man, you know, I want to tell you, you know, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. There's an expression that I really despise. You can do anything you set your mind to. <clears throat> That's the power of humanity and humanism and positive thinking. I've seen all these people that can do anything they set their mind to die of cancer at 28 years old. Get some other horrible disease and die at 40 years old where they had their whole life ahead of them. So they couldn't do anything to put their mind to. But... When the Word of God gets in your heart and changes your mind, you become a very positive thinker, not because you're a mental person. It's because the Word of God will change your attitude how you look at life. You understand what I'm saying? And so you can do anything that the Word of God says you can do. And right here, God said His Word, when you meditate in it, coming out of your mouth and you do it, said you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. Can you see the difference? Amen. That's the word of God. Now, the meditate, I'm going to give you the definition now. Meditate means to ponder by talking to oneself. To ponder by talking to oneself. It's an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's word. That's right from Hebrew definitions. It's an active recitation a re-speaking of God's Word. Did you ever hear the word recital? You go to a recital, hear somebody recite something, to speak something that they've been studying, practicing on, you know, poetry, Shakespeare, recital? Well, that's what God's saying right here. In your prayer closet, when you study the Bible, you've got to have some recitals. Amen. When I learned this over 40 years ago, I've always, in my own private time at home, read my Bible out loud. When I go to my secret place where it's me and Jesus, I always read it out loud. 
How does faith cometh? By hearing what? Okay. Quick quiz. Where's that at in the Bible? Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing. So if I'm reading it out loud, what am I doing? I'm hearing. What am I hearing? The Word. So what's happening? Faith's coming. So when I'm preaching in the church, faith's coming. But hopefully, you have a whole lot more Bible time than what are preaching during the week. And so you're going to be hearing a whole lot more in your prayer clause than what you're hearing up here. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so I, I, I want to give a paraphrase <clears throat> of this Joshua one eight for how it would sound if for a little transla- literal translation is this. Well, that fan blew my page all the way over. Okay, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In the Hebrew, that would say, "My word shall constantly be in your mouth." By meditating in it day and night. If you're meditating in it day and night, means you're reading it out loud day and night. And something I highly advise, that I highly advise, is when you learn a verse, don't just learn the verse, always say the verse with the verse where it's located. That way, if you're talking to some of your friends sometimes, and they say, well, how do you know God so loved the world that gave His only begotten Son? Well, the Bible says so. Well, where's it say that? Well, I don't know addresses. Well, then, how about my cult Bible then? I'll show you some things. I'm talking about if you're talking to somebody that's in a cult. Well, let me show you my cult Bible. I know my addresses. And if you can't show them your addresses, then how are you going to convince them of anything? At the same time, what do you do if you're having a very dark time of life and you're trying to remember... Second Timothy 1 7, but you never learned it. Or Mark 16, but you never learned it. And so I highly recommend that if you're going to start learning John 3.16, when you look at it, do it like this. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, etc. And then keep on pre- repeating that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's why when I talk, verses come out of me. And I tell you their address, because everything I've ever learned from the Bible, I learn where it's located at the same time. Amen. And so I think we're coming to a wind down for things I really wouldn't go to tonight. But I'll just close with this. For your homework assignment, since we're not going to go any further tonight, write down Psalms 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Psalms 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. And for your notes, write this down. Put this beside it. God's instructions for success in life. Psalms 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, God's instructions for success in life. And what that verse tells you is this. Tells you who not to hang around with because they'll drag you down. And tells you what to do so you'll always succeed in life. Things will turn out right. So I'm going to close by looking at John 14, 26 again. And look at John 14, 26. I'll turn it back over to Pastor Dave. Because he has what it takes to close this down, doesn't he? Amen. John 14, 26. <clears throat> but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send to my name, he shall teach you all things 
and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Meditation is a spiritual thing. Memorization is of the head. And so when you meditate the Word, the Word of God, it'll get in your heart, and then when you need it, the Holy Ghost, based upon the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost will bring you remembers what God said about your finances, about your marriage, about your children, about your job, about your health, anything you're facing in life, as you put that word in there, the Holy Ghost reminds you. And so don't just casually read the Bible and memorize a few verses. Take time to get quiet frequently. Read the Bible out loud. Ask the Holy Spirit questions about what you're reading. And you'll be amazed how the word comes out of your spirit when you need it. Amen. So don't just uh, memorize, meditate. Pastor Dave. All right. Amen. That's awesome. That was a great message, man. Hallelujah. And it is so important that we learn to meditate the Word of God. We've got to get that in our hearts, and that's the key to success right there, is getting it in your heart and out of your mouth. Amen, I love that. All right, well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We've had an awesome time. I'm going to repeat a couple of announcements. Um, remember that this Sunday night, we're not going to do family night, uh, Labor Day weekend, so you guys can uh, go home. And it, it is supposed to be a little bit warm, I saw on my weather app, so you can just go and sit in your own air conditioning that night. How's that sound? And also, want to remind you that we are doing an in-house church harvest fest on Friday, October 23rd at Newberry Springs at the ranch out there. So more details to come in the coming weeks, but we are getting a lot of excitement about that because everybody was like, oh, no Harvest Fest this year. So anyway, I'm going to pray over you that I have a guest that's going to do the Barstow Faith Confession tonight in a minute. So a very, very excited person to do this. So let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much for everybody here, everybody watching online. And Lord, we know that you have got good plans for them, Lord, plans to prosper them. And we know that just like we saw in your word tonight, God, that it is absolutely vital for us to meditate, to speak out the word of God, and then we will make our way prosperous. And then we will have good success. Just like Joshua 1, 8 tells us, Father, we thank you that we're safe and protected everywhere we go this week. You're bringing us back on Sunday in the name of Jesus. We love you. Amen. All right. I'm going to have my uh ellie ellie bring the paper ellie wants to do the barstow faith confession tonight so i thought we'd give her a shot at it all right so she's gonna speak it loud she's gonna speak it proud and she's gonna say it with faith right all right you ready we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right, very good. We love you guys. You are dismissed. We'll see you Sunday.